Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello everybody, it's me again. Uh, Today I want to ask you, have you noticed sometimes that things that appear to be so different, poles apart actually, are really close together? When you first look at them you think, oh that couldn't be further apart, but when you examine them, they're actually very similar. Now in the theological world, in the church world, the Christian world, two very well-known polarities like this are legalism and license. Some folk call license libertinism, or libertinism, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I want to rather stick to the word license. So legalism is essentially the human attempt to gain God's favor by keeping rules, regulations, laws, and expectations. And the apparent polar opposite of this, license, is anything goes. No rules, no regulations, just go with the flow. God is full of grace, nothing else, just enjoy things as they go. Then, the true gospel, the true good news, is neither legalism nor license, and it's seen as something that sits between the two of them, somewhere in the middle of these two false gospels. But are legalism and license really two opposite ends of a scale, with the truth and the true gospel being right in the middle position? I want you to imagine a rope for a moment. If you have a rope and uh, label the one end legalism and the other end license, kind of stretch it out before you, then truth, or the true gospel, if you want to put it that way, would be the point in the middle. Maybe you could take a, a little... Um, ribbon and tied around the rope in the middle. So you'd have legalism on one end of the rope, and you're holding on your other hand is license, and in the middle of the stretched taut rope is the ribbon which represents truth. But you know, often when you look at things like that and then examine them, you find that the two ends of this rope are equally false. For instance, in this case, legalism, which is a rules-based religion, and license is a rule-less religion. They're very similar. Rules, regulations, and things of the nature is the, the centerpiece, is the focal point. And they are both false reflections of true Christianity. So when we regard them as opposites, then I think we tend to relegate truth to a form of compromise between the two on this rope, you know, the middle bit, the middle position. But truth is not and never is a mediation between two forms of error. Truth is never the middle ground or a hybrid of two things which are both error. Because truth stands opposite to error. Truth is totally separate from error. So, I want to give you another little thought exercise. That same rope that you're holding in your hands. Just take your left hand and your right hand. Imagine you bringing those two ends together and the rope loops out below them. Now, the two ends, legalism and license, have now come together and are touching each other. 
And the truth now lies at the opposite side of the circle. On one side, the two ends join together, legalism and license, and totally opposed on the other end of the circle, this loop, is the true gospel. Now, another sort of thought which emerges out of this is the way we think about how we would sort of go against or the antidote to legalism and how we would deal with license, what the antidote to license is. So, is the antidote to legalism simply learning to loosen up on rules? I mean, if I'm, if, if I feel I'm too legalistic, must I just loosen up, not obey so much rules and not hold other people to rules, regulations, and so on? And is the antidote to license learning to apply some rules? So, in the in this linear model, the straight rope held taut between your two hands, it tends to indicate that if I move from one position towards the other, I will find moderation. It tends to support the idea that if I want to be less legalistic, I've just got to move towards license. And that if I want to become less licentious, I must move to the left towards legalism. And then maybe somewhere in the middle will be this balancing point called truth. But you know what? Think of the circle again, or the loop. To try that is not going to take me closer to the truth, because the two ends of license and legalism are now so close together that if I merely try and move from one to the other, I'm just traversing this tiny little fraction of ground between the two, because they essentially are very similar. So truth has got to be somewhere else on the loop, somewhere else on the circle. And if I want to move from error to truth, then I must move to an entirely new position on the circle. I'm reading a book by uh, Frank Viola at the moment, and uh, he talks about legalism and libertinism, as he calls it, license. And he defines legalism as embracing the lordship of Jesus while rejecting him as saviour. And he defines license as accepting Jesus as saviour, but not as Lord. And again, this makes me feel like a, a sort of a, a plank with a tipping point somewhere in the middle, this, this taut rope again, going back to that analogy with a tipping point in the middle. And kind of a balancing act. So if I step to the left of the plank, it'll tilt towards legalism. If I step to the right, it tilts towards license. And to try and find truth, I'm just kind of trying to balance between these two positions all the time. And this is just not helpful. Because, as I've said, if I want to move from legalism or from license, I need to kind of hop out and teleport, really, to the other side of this loop and embrace something entirely different from either legalism or license, something that's called the truth. Now, my understanding of truth is that Jesus Christ is the truth. He is the source of truth and the embodiment of truth. And he stands as the absolute polar opposite to both legalism and license. In fact, 
He stands as the opposite to any form of religion. And that the antidote to both legalism and license is to be what the scriptures call in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the truth. He is the antidote to legalism and to license. And I need to be in Christ Jesus, who is the antidote, who is the source. Now, roughly put, being in Christ Jesus, the way I understand it, means that Jesus Christ manifests his resurrected life in and through me, in and through the believer. And it means that the, the believer finding his or her worth and core identity in Christ. So it's that in Christ and Christ in us thing that the Bible talks about. So that being said, the key issue is just how are we supposed to give expression to this? That's the practical outworking that we would need to, to contemplate a bit, but probably not so much in, in today's truth talk. Within the Christian worldview, within the church, the legalist, the Christian legalist, and there clearly are such people, will attempt to find favor with God by working hard to obey. Hard to obey whatever he or she believes the scriptures, or in fact their particular denomination teaches and imposes. And the libertine will enjoy just being in Christ by relying on God's grace and um, to replace most and almost all any rules, principles, priorities implied by the Scripture. It's just flowing in the Spirit, brother. God is good in all things. Just live along and everything will work out the way it should. And frankly, I find both approaches entirely useless. Because all they do is, as I said earlier, inch us along between a tiny little gap on the one side of the circle between legalism and license. No, no. What we need is a radically new approach. I called it teleporting just now, so we call it now leaping. Leaping over to the other side of the circle to a new position in Christ Jesus. Legalism regards Christians as slaves owned by a master. And libertinism regards Christians as masters with Jesus as the faithful slave, servant. Now, clearly, neither of these is a reflection of biblical truth. And there can be no true merging of these two positions. You see, I, I believe that the scriptural revelation, certainly the way I understand it, is that we are sons and daughters who serve. Yes, we are slave servants. Yes, we are sons and daughters. But we are sons and daughters who serve. Christ is both our master and our friend and our saviour and our Lord. And we serve him, yet we are in some family relationship and form of partnership with him. Now within this relationship, we desire to project our Heavenly Father's life through a Holy Spirit-empowered conformity to the image and the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and this transformation is not the result of self-driven adherence to rules, and nor is it some kind of fatalistic belief that God will do everything for us. Rather, our life in Christ is an expression of a loving and dependent cooperation 
between the triune God and the spirit-born obedient child. It's a sort of spiritual partnership that conforms neither to works-based legalism and nor is it a self-indulgent license, libertinism. You know, I really do hope that what I've spoken here is helpful. It Perhaps it just seems to be a little philosophical, but it's more than just philosophy. And I think it's something we're thinking about deeply and exploring. For the, the heart of the idea is that things that appear to be opposites often aren't. And we need to look for the thing that is totally different. Totally different. And not just a mediating position, but something that's something that's different. And at a more specific level, we need to really realize that legalism is not an option in the Christian life and nor is license. That we cannot accept Jesus as Savior but not as Lord, for He is both Savior and Lord. And that our life is not found in obeying rules and regulations, nor in not obeying anything except our desires. Our life is in Christ Jesus, in, in the someone who is totally different, in the someone who is the truth. Hey, Daddy. Hi, my daughter. So, so this is the Q&A for your latest post, which is when opposites actually aren't. Yes. I found this qu quite tricky to understand the differences and the benefits and... Well, everything, <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> about. But first of all, I want you to talk. I want to talk to you about legalism because you, you talk about le legalism, license, and then, and then true gospel. Okay. But now all religions are about keeping God's rules, and His laws and His regulations. So, why do you cite legalism as an issue? Because that all surely right. is legalism. Yes. Okay, so um, what you'll remember, and I'm sure anybody who listens to me regularly or reads my stuff will realize that I define religion totally negatively. Mm. So I don't talk about true religion or good religion and bad religion. For me, religion, by the way I've defined it, and I've tried to be consistent with this so that you know everybody will know where I stand on it. Yes. Religion for me is man-made attempts to try and please God through obeying rules, regulations, rituals, etc., etc., Mm. So to use a graphic illustration, religion is a stepladder that um, a human being puts on the ground, sticks it up into the clouds and tries to climb up, mm. only to get there and find, well, there's nothing there except rain. So do you put legalism only into religion, not Christianity? Yeah, well, you see, there is Christianity uh, has a lot of religious aspects to it, unfortunately. Because for me, true Christianity is about a relationship with a living being. His name mm. is Jesus Christ, the triune yeah. God. And uh, religion gets its nasty way into Christian faith systems and churches and so on and so forth. So often within the Christian world, that's called legalism. Don't be so legalistic. Yeah. But it's just another form of religion. And I... I you know, I'm kind of think if, if if we were living in this perfect world, we'd want to take a brush and clean that out of the church house. Yeah, for for me, my perfectionism instinct wants to 
have the laws to follow. <laughs> well, you know, there's and principles and these values and these priorities. Mm. But the whole essence of religion is, well, give me the rules and I will sh earn your approval, God, okay. by showing you how well I obey them. And this is, this is what Paul comes against, particularly in the book of Romans. In, in the letters to the Romans, he says, you know, how can you think you can do this? And he mm. does the same thing in Galatians. He says, it's by faith, it's about relationship. The Old Testament saints, the Jewish people, this was what they thought they it, you could please God by obeying His commands all the time, but mm -hmm. it never was about that. By the way, even the Old Testament was supposed to be about faith <laughs> and relationship, not about these rules. Yeah. So Paul then goes on and says, actually, the law, all these rules, were given to show us that we can't please God through that. <laughs> not as a means of pleasing God, you see. Mm. Like those... Um what do they call them? Earning God's favor through doing sort of acts, charitable acts and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's an essence. That's a tenet of all major religions, is that. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. You you talk about legalism and license um, being perceived as opposite ends of the spectrum with the true gospel in a place in the middle that you find it. Right. And then you do this, the circular... Rope analogy. I've heard that love and hate is on the opposite side to apathy. What other examples can you give me where this occurs, where you've got your legalism and license on the opposite side to true gospel? Okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly, another way of expressing that would be, what are some more examples of things that seem to be poles mm. apart but actually are the same? Yeah. Okay. So um, let me just give a couple of physical analogies to, to make it clear. A yeah. magnet. A magnet's got two poles, a north mm. pole and a south pole, a plus pole and a minus pole, but both are magnetic. Both operate in the same system. But take two magnets and put them out of alignment, uh, a south versus a south, and they repel. Mm. So the, they, they, they really seem to be so different, I can't get these things to stick. <laughs> You know, yeah, they, they're, yeah. they're poles apart, but they're not. They're both magnets. Yeah. And they okay. operate exactly the same principles. Yeah. Okay. Another one, of course, <laughs> is the one we all battle with, men and women. Mm. Men, and, men and women seem to be <laughs> at poles apart. You mm. know? And we always Venus on and about Mars. Mars and, and Venus and what is it? Yeah. Is it Saturn? Or I don't know. Know. <laughs> can't remember. Okay. We're from different planets. Is the yeah, exactly. Line. Yeah. But of course not. Yeah. In fact, we're complement complementary. That's why God has put a man and woman together, mm. and so and we're human, and we have the mm. same constituency and the same makeup and the same value and all those kind of things, but superficially appear so different. <laughs> In the theological world, I'll give you one which is one of my um, pet things that comes up all the jolly time, and it's this whole argument that has plagued the church for a thousand years plus. It's determinism, and I'll explain that in a sec, and free will. Mm. So the whole conflict with Calvinism, for instance, is that mm. the Calvinist mindset says, no, God essentially has predetermined all things. Yeah. Now they say God has decided who's going to be saved before time. Yeah. And, and that presupposes that if you go one step back, that he's predecided everything. Mm. 
On the other side is what's known as Arminianism, where the, the battle cries, no, 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 we have freedom to choose. Mm. And these two things appear to be poles apart. Yeah. That you, you know, you can't, you can't find a, um, you can't put them together. But, but, but if, if you did, what is their opposite? Yeah, well, you see, this is the point. And one of the proofs that, that there's a problem here is that w if you put them at the two ends of the straight rope thing that I was talking about, yeah. on the one hand, you've got um, free will, other one is determinism, everything's yeah. being predetermined. You, you can't kind of find that middle ground. There is mm. no middle ground. Mm. You can't walk to the left or walk to the right and say, well, you know, it'll be a little bit determined, <laughs> but a little bit free will. Yeah, there is no middle ground. They, they, yeah. they really you. You have to leap right off that paradigm. Mm. You have to leap right off that straight line, mm. and and go to a whole other thing, which is the truth. And in this particular case, for instance, I believe the truth is in God's purpose. Hmm. And God has created a world which has enough randomness in it to enable the people, the men and women that He creates. To be able to choose to love him and choose to obey him and choose to be his partners in this world mm. or not. Yeah. Yet he still has the sovereignty to intervene when he wants to. Yeah. And at all the key nodes along human destiny, um, he decides that it's going to be one way or the highway anyway. And, and this isn't a merger between determinism and free will because frankly... Who on earth has free will? Yeah. Not one of us. Oh, that's yeah. ridiculous. We are born into a race. We are born yeah. into a family, a social group, a country. Yeah. We are influenced by the people around us. You know, we don't have this perfect free will. Mm. And life itself, and certainly my understanding of Scripture, tells me that God has not predetermined all things. Mm. Because there certainly is enough evidence in the Scriptures alone of people making radical choices which take them along different life paths. And it's so a on. pretty bleak prospect to think that he's decided, well, you're not in the book of life, so sorry for you. Well, yeah, I think it is a very bleak prospect. But the, the point I'm making here is that the, the way to understand it is not to try and find a mediating harmony between the two, mm. but you look for the, the thing on the other side of the loop, or the other yeah. side of the circle. And that's yeah. God's purpose, to create sons and daughters in the image of Jesus that he can have a relationship with. In order to do that, he has created enough randomness for there to be meaningful decision-making, yet he has determined the rules of the game and how it works and its final end game. Hmm. So well, that's some examples. So we've spoken about legalism. Yeah. Um, on the other side, you've got license, which in my understanding is, well, everything's forgiven anyway, so let's just do whatever we please. It would be uh, the extreme the version extreme. of that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, sort of a, like a Christian fatalism. If you, okay. if you put it into the Christian context, it's a, it's a kind of, well, everything's fine, God has decided, um, and he's so full of grace anyway that he's really not going to be fussed at all, whatever I do, so I will just do whatever you say that the true gospel is on the opposite end of the circle yeah of the circle and that's the and the 
the the antidote now when you when you talk about the true gospel are you talking about being in Christ Jesus is when you because you've mentioned the truth you mention true gospel and you mention Christ Jesus yeah and all three are synonyms in my understanding okay so I mean, the gospel, we, the gospel means good side. news and Jesus is the good news and he's also the truth okay how is he the true antidote okay um I kind of explained that in my talk in one line, so it needs probably needs some amplification. Okay. So scripture talks about the need for us to be in Christ Jesus. Mm. And it also talks about Christ, the Spirit of Christ being in us. So being in Christ Jesus is finding our sufficiency in him, finding our life in him, finding our eternal value in Him and our destiny in in Him, in who He is, in what He's done, in being in this relationship which places us within the sphere of His influence and His love and His kindness mm-hmm. and His discipline and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Him in us is that His Spirit gives us a new spiritual life and infuses us with life. Yeah. So we are in Christ, and Christ is in us, and then we live our Christian lives as an expression of His life in this world, mm. uh, being transformed into His image and into His likeness, with hmm. ever increasing glory. Paul talks about. Hmm. So that's the opposite of legalism. I mean, just think of exactly how opposite that is to the the idea which says, no, no, no. I've got to obey certain rules, values, precedents, etc. And by doing that, I will then be pleasing to God. No, we are pleasing to God for we are in Him. And He is in us. And I imagine we would automatically obey most of those major rules if we are in Him and Him in us. Yeah, uh, look, the point is, though, that well, for as long as we're in this body, for as long as we're in this life, we are works in uh, in progress. Mm. And so we've got a huge weight of stuff that has to be worked out of our systems. It's, mm. you know, it's, it's called sanctification. We need to be sanctified over time, transformed. Yeah. So uh, we are constantly doing stuff which requires us to look back into the Scripture and say, ah, 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 that's not the way to go. And okay. then... And then we we conform to that, but we don't do it through this uh, white-knuckle exercise of will. Mm. We do it through coming back to him and saying, Lord, I, I, I see I'm missing the mark here. Mm. Uh, please help me, your spirit in me. Mm. Because really, that's what I want to conform to. I want to be like you. Yeah. And, and, and in this process, he starts to transform us. So I suppose if you find yourself doing a million uh, dead deeds or whatever they're called or saying things like well I'm forgiven anyway then you need to relook yeah then and you're on the wrong side yeah this was one of the main purposes of me writing this particular article in this particular truth talk mm. was to try and help folk to be aware of two things one is that things that look so opposite often aren't Mm. And they're often equally wrong. <laughs> so instead of making this, I'm I'm for Calvin or I'm for Arminius thing, mm. we should be saying, whoa, hang on a sec. Let's look at this more carefully. Is there not a third way which is actually the true way? 
Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, it's like his his story, her story, and the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing that um, was the r reason for me producing this was to try and help folk to be aware of specifically this divide between legalism and license and how neither of those. You see, there's a lot of stuff going around in the church today uh, uh, which is called hyper-grace. Mm. And the church has forever been legalistic in parts. Yeah. Formalized religious aspects of it and yeah. so on. And, and so it seems as if they're so far apart, you know. So the hyper-grace people will say, no, but you legalists, you religious people of the pits, I mean, mm. really just loosen up and go with the flow. And the religious mm. people are saying, you hyper-grace people, really, mm. you know, uh, you, you, you know, you really think that God is a big softy that will just pat you on the head no matter what you do. Mm. But neither of those yeah. is Christianity in its essence. Yeah. Neither of those is. Look for the third way, which is being in Christ Jesus. Okay, so my last question is the normal one, which is, so what do I do in my life, in my physical life, in my spiritual life? How can I use this lesson? How, how does it benefit me? How does it affect me? Well, I think of those two things I said, the, the concrete example I gave was legalism versus license. Mm. So my advice to, to anybody listening at a practical level, a Christian living level, is to just keep a constant alert sign over these things. Mm. Uh, when you get into, the, into that mindset of, I just wish that somebody would just tell me and give me some rules. Now, what's it about giving? Now, why doesn't the church just say I must tithe and then I give my 10% and not a penny more and then I'm fine? Mm. Or the other extreme which says, what is all this business about the church talking about finances being important? You know, I'll give something if I feel moved to mm. give something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the meanwhile, I spend it on myself, bro. Yeah. So, you know, we, when you start getting into those ways of thinking, you say, oh, hang on. Do I really think that either of those is a viable yeah. Truth, it's not. And there just because one is wrong doesn't mean the other is right. Yeah, actually, it, it, in most cases, it means they're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you see, and so, and so it's pointless trying to climb into one camp and think yeah. you're right. Look <laughs> for the third way, and the third way is always the Jesus way. Always the yeah. Jesus way. And it's not rocket science to work out what that Jesus way is. Mm. You know, I mean, Jesus comes and says, I've come to show you the Father. Yeah. I've come to tell you the truth. Yeah. Now we've got four Gospels, and then we've got the rest of the New Testament unpacking what he meant in those four Gospels. Mm. And we've got the whole of the Old Testament giving us the background so we can fully understand within the culture of his day what he actually was saying and why yeah. he was doing, doing the stuff he did. And by focusing in on Jesus, we can say, okay, I, I understand. He really is the truth mm. and the way and the life. I suppose it's that stupid cliche of what would Jesus do? Yeah, and I just a, a little caution on that. That can become a, a legalistic thing so easily. <laughs> you see, what would Jesus do? Well, let me make a list. He would do this, do this, therefore I must do this. Now you, all you've done is you've put a bunch of rules in and called them, what would Jesus do? <laughs> so oh, that's, not, that's not the answer. Uh, it would be no. so much simpler, though. <laughs> Yes, wouldn't it just? But yeah. you know, who whoever said that life is simple? Yeah. Let alone true. spiritual life, let alone eternity. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, we're running out of time, but I want to say I'm very glad you brought up the Old Testament because da, 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 <laughs> I know that you have taken me up on my challenge. Yeah, so you're a big Yay! bully. You're a big bully. All I can <laughs> Don't call me big. <laughs> <laughs> so you have... I don't know the details of it, except that you've taken me up on it. So I imagine you've done your research and all those other things you're talking about. Yes. So in two weeks' time, we'll be podcasting about Andy what you Stanley. did think of it. What you yes. did think of the book once you'd finished it and Andy Stanley's take on the Old Testament. Oh, yes. In f- I am un- so Unhitching from the that. Old Testament and all that sort of stuff. It's uh, Wonderful. It's quite long. It's quite long, but it's... Um, it should be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Thanks, Daddy. Okay, until then, I'm sure I'll see you before then, but I won't be seeing my <laughs> listeners or hearing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth 